Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of Monster, Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Cameron, and I'm joined as always by my two lovely co-hosts, Dave and Leonard. Dave, how are you? I'm here, and uh, it's nice and rainy outside, so it's suitable spooky weather. <laughs> uh, twinsies, actually. We just got some rain unexpectedly, which is a nice change after summer dragging on an extra month. Um, and Leonard, how are you doing? It's wet over here, too, and it looks oh, like wow. garbage. And <laughs> I, 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 I hate it. It's wet and it's cold. <laughs> and everybody seems to be down with it except for me. And I, <laughs> I say no to rain and precipitation. Uh, mm. When when I am global leader, there will be no rain, and all <laughs> water will be rationed out. So um, you're going to lead us into the days of June, then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Baron Leonard, bring do, forth do, the spice. Do not become intoxicated by the allure of water, or else you <laughs> represent its absence. <laughs> Don't worry, we've packed our still suits. <laughs> well, uh, what are we up to this episode? We are going to be covering yet more doll-related thangamajigs. And by thangamajigs, I mean cinematography, film, the visual medium of preference for most of today's society. Uh, I have watched the 2016 Indonesian film, The Doll. Uh, and I believe Leonard and Dave, you have both watched Doll Graveyard. Yes. Yes, we watched The Doll Graveyard from 2005. And, and the film is generous, at least for, <laughs> for, for, for one, 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 one of the um, big air quotes films that we'll be covering. Film is, <laughs> the term film is generous, um, but, mm. but we'll get into that, I think. It, yeah. It was a, it was a, a a picture show, a motion picture, streamed into our <laughs> eyes for about an hour. Uh, was it, though? There was motion and there was pictures. All right. <laughs> uh, well, before we sweep away into the horrors of cinematography and plot, uh, we've got to talk about some Eastern European folk monsters. It's everyone's favorite, brand new, top of the show segment. It's Slavic Folk Creature of the Week. We, 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 better rolls, come up with a, we gotta have a better, rolls, yeah, <laughs> better name. Right off the tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, that yeah, is what um, it is. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we've got the big Wikipedia list of Slavic folkloric creatures, uh, and we've each, presumably, I hope, picked one off the list for someone else to read. Uh, Dave, would you like to kick us off? What have you picked and who's reading it? I have picked Karslik for Leonard to read. Ah, Karslik. All right. Hi, listener. Hi, everybody. This is, this is our, this is our Slavic ASMR. Uh, the, <laughs> the Karslik or uh, Sarbinik and 
and Caldenets is a creature from a Slavic mythology that lives in mines and underground workings and are the guardians of gems, crystals, and precious metals. It is said they will protect miners from danger, lead them back uh, when they are lost. Uh, They will also lead them to veins of ore. To people who are evil or insult them, they are deadly, pushing them into dark chasms or send tunnels crashing down upon them, hurling rocks, whistling or covering one's heads are actions that are offensive to uh, uh, the uh, Karslek, <laughs> who will warn the offender with handfuls of pelted soil in their direction before taking serious action. <laughs> so they're just garms. They're just garms from Dark Souls too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because because I can only make analogies based on Souls game. That mm-hmm. is the that that is the bit. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, in that case, Leonard, I'm assuming you have something for me to speak about. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, and that would be vampire pumpkins and watermelons. Oh God! Hold on, scroll down this page. V V V. Vampire pumpkins and watermelons. Uh, they are a folk collection from the Balkans in southeastern Europe. Uh, described by an ethnologist, Tatomir Vukanovic. Uh, it's associated with the Romani people from the region. The belief in vampire fruit is similar to the belief that any inanimate object left outside during the night of full moon will become a vampire. <laughs> okay. This, this any, is new. This is new information. <laughs> any inanimate... In any, any inanimate... What constitutes an object? Is your house... Outside during the night of a full moon, now a vampire? Monster house. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where that <laughs> movie came from, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the main indications that a pumpkin or melon is about to undergo a vampiric transformation, or has just completed one, is said to be the appearance of a drop of blood on its skin. Uh, the only known reference in scholarship is Vukanovic's account of his journeys in Serbia during the 1930s and 40s. Uh, he wrote several years later, the belief in vampires of plant origin occurs amongst gypsies who belong to the Muslim faith in Kosovo Metohija. According to them, there are only two plants which are regarded as likely to turn into vampires, pumpkins of every kind and watermelons. <laughs> and, the, and the change takes place when they are, quote, fighting one another. <laughs> I mean, I guess they mean like competing for space. In No. No, just Broken fighting. bottles and knives and chains. Two, two gods in the ring. One god, one god leaves. <laughs> it's it, it's it's like that that part from Beat It where the gang, the two gang members, tie their their hands together and knife fight, mm, but yeah. with pumpkins. <laughs> uh, it must have been a boring time in the Balkans. Um, god, uh, in Podrima and Prisrensky Pozor. They consider this transformation occurs if these ground fruit have been kept for more than 10 days. Then the gathered pumpkins stir all by themselves and make a sound like... Broop. 
and begin to shake themselves. <laughs> it is also believed that sometimes a trace of blood can be seen on the pumpkin, and the people then say it has become a vampire. These pumpkins and melons go round the houses, stables, and rooms at night all by themselves and do harm to people. But, but it's thought that they cannot do great damage to folk, so people are not very afraid of this kind of vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, just, yeah, I mean, I guess they don't have teeth, so just, like, constantly just poking bu- the bumping. stem. They're just bumping yeah. people. They'll trip you like I cat. would suck your blood. I would suck your blood if this curse had given me a proboscis, but it did not. Um, among the Muslim gypsies in the village of Farani, it is believed that if pumpkins are kept after Christmas, they turn into vampires. While the people of Lasani think that this phenomenon occurs if a pumpkin used as a siphon, when ripe and dry, stays unopened for three years. That's an awful long time to keep a pumpkin. Um... Vampires of ground fruit origin are believed to have the same shape and appearance as the original plant. <laughs> because, of course, how could you tell? Um, the people there destroy pumpkins and melons which have become vampires by plunging them into a pot of boiling water, which is then poured away, the ground fruits being afterwards scrubbed by a broom and then thrown away and the broom burned. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> extensive method to get rid of a troublesome pumpkin or watermelon. <laughs> Um, the majority of Vakarovich's article discusses human vampires, but vampiric agricultural tools are also mentioned. Uh, the modern readers may be skeptical. The superstitions of Romani culture are well documented. <laughs> um, the story was popularized by Terry Pratchett's 1998 book, Carpe Jugulum. Ah, God, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> It's found in various other places, uh, and they, of course, play a central role in the Bonicula series of children's books, which, wow, I just had a flashback. I remember those. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a part of my past I didn't need to remember, was reading the book about the vampire fruit attacking bunnies. <laughs> wow. Oh, so that's kind of shook me. Um, so, this is the most strange, strange thing to exist. Uh, alrighty. Um, and I'm going to now pick one for Dave. Dave, tell me about the Sirin. I will try. Oh, yes. For other uses, see Sirin Disambiguation. Oh, wait. Sirin is a (laughs) mythological creature of Russian legends with the head and chest of a beautiful woman and the body of a bird, usually an owl. According to myth, these Sirins live in Viraj or around the Euphrates River. These half-woman, half-birds are directly based on the Greek myths and later folklore about sirens. They They were usually portrayed wearing a crown or with a nimbus. Sirens, Sirens sang beautiful songs to the saints, foretelling future joys for mortals, however. The birds were dangerous. Men who heard them would forget everything on earth, follow them, and ultimately die. People would attempt to save themselves from Sirens by shooting cannons, ringing bells, and making other loud noises to scare the bird off. Later, in the 17th and 18th centuries, the image of Sirens changed and they started to symbolize world harmony as they lived near paradise. 
People in those times believed only happy people could hear the sirena law. Only very few could see one because she is as fast and difficult to catch as human happiness. Hmm. She hmm. symbolizes eternal <laughs> joy and heavenly happiness. The legend That's of Siren nice. may have been introduced to Rus by uh, Persian merchants in the 8th and 9th century in the cities of Chernosnes and Kiev. They are often found on pottery, golden pendants, and even on the borders of gospel books of 10th to 12th century. Furthermore, Siren is connected to the Greek Siren, which we just discussed. Due to the history, the Russian culture has experienced a very strong correlation with Greek culture and the Byzantine Empire through its steppes, the Volga River, and Dipnia Rivers. Pomors often depicted Sirens on the illustrations in the Book of Genesis as birds sitting in paradise trees. Sometimes Sirens are seen as a metaphor for God's word going into the soul of a man. Sometimes they are seen as a metaphor for, of heretics tempting the weak. And sometimes, Siren were considered equivalent to the Polish Vila. In Russian folklore, Siren was mixed with the revered religious writer Saint Ephraim the Syrian. Thus, peasant lyrics, lyricists such as Nikolai Kliev uh, often used Sirens as a synonym for poet. And uh, the I will click on the Vila. Other than many gods and goddesses of the Slavs, the ancient Slavs believed in and revered many supernatural beings that existed in nature. These supernatural beings in Slavic religion come in various forms. The same name of any single being can be spelled or transliterated differently, according to, yeah, that didn't help at all. Um, <laughs> Vila or Vili, they are another type of, uh, so fairy, they're another type of supernatural beings already identified as nymphs by the Greek historian Pro Procopius. Their name comes from their same root as the name of Vilas. They are described as beautiful, eternally young, dressed in white, with eyes flashing like thunders and provided with wings. They live in the clouds, in mountain woods, or in the waters. They are well disposed towards men, and they are able to turn themselves into horses, wolves, snakes, falcons, and swans. The cult of the Vilas was still practiced among South Slavs in the early 20th century, which, with offerings of fruit and flowers in caves, cakes near wells, and ribbons hanged to the branches of trees. Well, there we go. There we go, indeed. Um, yet another Russian take on a more common, more common, more mainstream uh, mythological beast. I remember their version of the Medusa was interesting. Uh, yes, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's been, uh, it's been Slavic Folkloric Creature of the Week. Da 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 da. <laughs> Alright. Um, all of those vampiric fruits and vegetables. Yes, as a as a sincere form of practice, I do never keep a pumpkin in the house. Can't stand the things. Uh, and now I have a justification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, I wish to escape the horrors of this world and pass into the realm of fiction. Dave, Leonard, tell me what you have so dreaded about the doll graveyard. Graveyard of the dolls? Leonard seemed very impassioned in his in his defense that it should not be known by man. <laughs> Leonard, you may go first. Uh, 
Okay, my turn now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, really, that's that's all that you kind of need need to know about Doll Graveyard. Um, Doll Graveyard is is a trick and a lie. It uh, it tells you that it is in fact a movie, but it is not. It is a, a vignettes of people doing uh, uh, um, bad acting and and, mm-hmm. and 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 expositing nonsense. Um, it, it was uh, directed and produced by Charles Band, a uh, famous and written. Yes, and, and yeah, uh, uh, very famous uh, um, um, uh, horror producer um, uh, produced dolls from last week, and man, Doll Graveyard makes dolls look like Shakespeare. I I have no problem being hyperbolic with that statement. Uh, 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 Doll Graveyard uh, begins uh, in Los Angeles, uh, 1911, where uh, a little girl is playing with her hideous, hideous, <laughs> racially insensitive dolls. Oh boy! In in in, in a room that. Is she's not supposed to be in, but that room is just the entrance of the house. It's the foyer, it's, like it's it's literally just the foyer, and and she but she's not supposed to be playing in that room. No. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I it, it uh, I should I should clarify her her dolls consist of a Japanese uh, uh, samurai stereotype, a a. Uh, World War One Kaiser German Ooh. Kaiser stereotype, uh, um, and and an African Native doll stereotype, which mm. I will not discuss any further. Oh, and then just like a regular like American girl type doll. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she knocks over a, a vase in the secret room that she's not supposed to be in, uh, and then her father comes down um, uh, off off cue. I'm going to assume because it took like 30 seconds for him to appear, um, and he just kind of exposits about being crazy. I should mention that I refer to him as her father because he doesn't get a name. Um, th- this is a theme throughout the movie, uh, um, where he decides that instead of uh, beating his child, who he's seem- seemingly the only parent of with no explanation, that he is going to make her literally dig like a four foot grave in the backyard and, and bury her dolls, uh, for, for her transgression, um, which he does. Uh, and and she does, and then as she uh, uh, exits the very very shallow grave, uh, she slips and falls in, and a pe- allegedly, according to what the movie lies to us, breaks her <laughs> neck and dies. And the father uh, then then decides, well, even though it was an accident. I am kind of a jerk, so I'll probably go to jail. So I'm just gonna bury my child with her dolls. And then we get an awkward cut 
and literally three minutes straight of the worst opening credits that I've ever had to sit through. <laughs> and, and, and during that time, I cursed Dave's name repeatedly um, <laughs> and, and, and settled in for for this this movie is the is the equivalent of a mimic from dark souls it looks like a movie but the minute you start watching it it it'll kill you that's mm. that's what doll graveyard is dave do you want to transition into the movie proper <laughs> yes while actually backpedaling slightly into uh the things that happen that's described <laughs> Really, the only the only point that I wanted to to make was um, so this is Cyril is her the father we find out through the, the oh credit, the credits oh, he, at the he, end he oh have a name. everyone does okay. have a name um, they may not say it in the film <laughs> well they do I think they everyone gets their name Cyril however does not get named um, but but he does have a name uh, he. <laughs> As he's making her dig the the grave, he gives this great monologue, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's him telling her uh, basically, um, I like I bet you thought that uh, just the the lesson would be in having to do the punt like digging the grave, and that would that would be your punishment. So you you you're doing this manual labor, and that will teach you. Um, to to not misbehave and not play in the secret room, which is actually just the base of the stairs, um, right by the front door. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, "You'd be wrong. Uh, actually, you are going to bury your dolls, um, fill them in, cover them in the soil. Uh, yes." And he he how he, he goes to help her out of the hole. She trips. Um, Probably breaks her neck. Where there's a sound. There's a sound effect that happens when she falls in there. He does not check. He doesn't <laughs> nope. do anything. He stares at her in like this, like nonplussed, like uh, that. That's the thing that happened. And then he just takes the shovel and just starts burying her. It's super yeah. weird. He's <laughs> like, I okay, um. Yes, and then the the secret um, method to watching this film <laughs> I will deliver to you is to skip the opening credits because they take five minutes and also to watch the entire rest of the movie in like little minute segments fast forwarding every little bit because there's a lot of fluff. Which is surprising because it's only an hour long. Only five hours long of terrible pretend high schoolers pretending to be high schoolers. With the exception of one guy who actually did look like a child. Yes. Um, Well, really, really it's just the girls. They looked sort of a a age. And then Rich and Tom, that's variable. Variable. I believe it's... I believe it was... Rich, whatever the taller guy was, he did not look like a high schooler. No, he was a large um, man. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to say this. This is a first uh, 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 during my tenure on Monster Dear Monster. This, uh, this <laughs> hour long movie 
took me six hours to watch because <sighs> I needed I needed to take <laughs> a break. Huh, I watched it in about thirty five minutes, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Mileage may vary. I, um, I I I had to stop and process like every eight to fifteen minutes and just accept that this was my life now. Um that, hey, that this movie was my existence. Now. It could have been an outhouse filled with bloody I prefer that that movie. That things <laughs> happened in that movie. That I, you know what? If 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 there had been a outhouse and and a doll had popped out of a toilet covered in viscera, <laughs> applause, standing ovation, compared yes. to the rest of this film. Yes. So what I'll do now is I will just do the essential plot points because they're <laughs> yeah. all like. Two. Um, <laughs> yes. So, cut, of course, from 1911 all the way to the future of 2005, oh. where our not main character, uh, Lester Philbrook, uh, he's the, the sole father uh, of two high school age children, with maybe some air quotes in there. Um, and he, this is of course the same actor that had played Cyril in the prologue. Yes. He yes. has a date night with a, a lovely lady who who shall not be named because they literally say, <laughs> "Oh, I'm not telling you her name." Okay, that. Is, yep. Thanks, thanks, uh, Lester. Um, and he leaves his two two wayward children in charge of the house with uh, the proviso that they not get up to any shenanigans and that they clean the house i guess it was ambiguous uh, his two children guy and dd so that only begs comparison <laughs> to a certain other dd but alas this was not quite as entertaining no and there was no laboratory despite there being cursed dolls but uh yes guy uh he is a freshman in high school and his sister is a from her own mouth to her father a sexy senior she says those words, and I never um, want to hear uh, that again. It, just, just in case everybody's confused, this is uh, uh, the early aughts. Early to mid aughts were a very interesting time in horror films, in which uh, every character in a horror movie was awful, and uh, the the films were directed so that you would cheer for the killer. And and this kind of uh, encapsulates all of the worst aspects of 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 that, um, while also not being good either. So yes. um, everyone's mm. kind of sort of intolerable, except for a couple a couple of legitimately sympathetic characters. There's basically and two. I, there's basically two characters that yeah. are like, okay, they're fine. And 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 I use the term character. Um, yeah, loosely. <laughs> two two of the <laughs> cast members in this film were mm -hmm. so yes. The while father is out, uh, guy who spends all of his hard earned money on action figures. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> they must, yes. <laughs> action <laughs> figures uh, and rare ones at that that have to stay in the box. Mm. So that's fine. Yes. He does. He does his his thing. Um, he, 
is basically just content to stay in his room, um, hanging out for the night. Uh, his his sister, however, is a party girl. Uh, she <laughs> wants to have a girl's night out, can't leave. Her father says no, so she has a girl's night in. And, of course, that's the same thing. So just has her has two of her friends, um, Olivia and Terry, just bring some booze and some ganja and come hang out at the house. <laughs> that's that's what and by, high, high school kids do. And by booze, uh, we mean it's a, a bottle, bottle of champagne. Of champagne. <laughs> and 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 one of them actually says, "Here's to a girl's night out," and they don't go anywhere. No, yeah, yeah. Well, they've gone somewhere. They've gone to Didi's house. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's that sets the stage, of course, because um, Olivia is uh, theoretically more promiscuous and has invited some boys or placed uh-huh. a call for one boy. Two boys show up, um, <laughs> as you do, and we're, we we are to assume the shenanigans will occur. They they do not. It's really weird dynamics. Like, mm. I don't know. They're they're inviting boys over that they don't even kind of like, so it's just a little odd. But that's its own thing. We won't we won't dwell on that. Uh, <laughs> you while, won't. yes, oh yes, I won't dwell on that. <laughs> so while while the girls are there, the boys they like they're invited kind of, but they sneak into the house anyway because they're jerks. Um, mm. They sneak in to scare the girls, but first. They are very familiar with Guy, and they have hazed him before, and they're going to do so again uh, on the premise that he not interrupt their night with the girls. So they go up to his room and kind of beat him up and kind of step on his action figures in their mint condition boxes and then tie him up with a um, phone cord. Yeah. Like hog tie him. Yeah. It's real. It's real weird. But uh, oh, we let us let us not be remiss in uh, remarking that guy uh, earlier that evening before his father left, or maybe when his father left, I'm not sure, um, had gone out to the yard. To, he was clean. He was doing his chores dutifully and cleaning the yard, and found a doll. Technically, he finds a sword, a little miniature sword, <laughs> and then the yeah. attached doll, the samurai doll. Which is probably uh, my, favorite, my favorite of the dolls because it's given like more screen time, and he finds it and he he does his uh, Toy Story two montage where he has to clean it with a little brush. Um, <laughs> does a terrible job cleaning it, but but uh, nevertheless it is it is like immaculately cleaned in like the next scene, um, mm. and that that's one of the dolls that uh, it, it vanishes uh, after the the two boys uh, visit upon him there shenanigans uh we have general kind of weird party vibes going on got some mood music on the the little weird cd player that they have and (laughs) uh yeah it just kind of that's that's just what happens for like a large chunk of the center part of the movie an awkward party where like no one seems to actually probably want to be there <laughs> or hang out. Mm. Uh, mm. Of of the two girls that came over, Terry is a little bit sweet on Guy, um, which is weird because she's also a senior and he's a yep. freshman. But you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, 
she 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 knows the particular I don't remember the doll's name, but it's or the, the action figure's name that he liked to collect, and she she refers to them as action figures and not little toys or little dolls. So he uh, is mm. immediately enamored with her because she gets him in his on all, all of his <laughs> nerdity, um, and they have like a little moment a few times during the film, a couple different moments. Yes, but it's it's still a little weird, a little awkward. Uh, the other girls, they, yeah, they just the party just kind of goes on for a little while. Um, eventually, the uh, we've seen the samurai doll disappear. Uh, Guy is visited by a ghost. <laughs> the voice of a ghost. <laughs> the voice of a ghost. The ghost of Sophia, who has, uh, we are sort of told, um, possessed all of these dolls for her quest for vengeance. Against her father, <laughs> who's dead. Who's dead. <laughs> but don't worry, because her father has left behind a memento as well. A cursed pocket watch. Who guess who picked that up? Dear old dad, who is slowly being cursed by the ghost of his twin. Yeah. <laughs> Although they've moved here from somewhere else, uh, I think. So why? Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, he's cursed, but he's he's out on his date, so just, just, just has nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah, yeah, they they have the shenanigans. They're they're drinking. They're doing drugs. They're potentially trying to have sex. That doesn't end so well for our boy. I think it's mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah. I may have gotten the boys confused. I can't. I do not recall. They're, they're, they're easily interchangeable. Yes. One <laughs> is just shorter. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll say Tom. We'll say Tom is the one who has been uh, sort of tied to Dee Dee's bed. And uh, mm. she, she spends an inord- inordinate amount of time searching for a, a toy, a riding crop to entertain uh, her boyfriend with she, um, she 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 spends a comedically long time. No, it's a long time. It's like it, three mm, minutes in her mm. closet, saying, "I'll be right there, just and, a little longer. Just gotta and, just gotta find keep, it. Keep your eyes uh, closed." Yep. Yeah. Uh, and while she's otherwise detained, um, our 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 little. Uh, German doll friend shows up with his um, extraordinarily long spiked uh, helm, and mm. the doll the dolls don't talk, but they make f- funky, funny little like grunts. Like he'll just go, yep. oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and it's it's actually really good. Like the the, the their stop their little stop motion puppets. Um, they did a good job with the doll design. Like, that's not a failing of the film. Um, mm. How they're employed probably is a little off. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so, uh, man, doll with spiked helmet um, popping up between uh, old Tom's legs, who's bound to the bed. Um, there's only one way this can go. Yep. Mm. And they went there. <laughs> or the, the, the spike went there. <laughs> it's long, the goofiest long, nonsense that I've seen time. in a really long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. For a long time. Yes, he 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 uh punctures punctures Tom. 
to which I to which I say what like where did Sophia get these dolls? Well, you know what? It was 1911. I actually can legitimately believe <laughs> that that helmet was actually metal with that level of spike on it. Never mind that one. That <laughs> yeah. one. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm it's like a four inch spike. It's a big. It's, it's a it's big so, spike. It's so dumb. It's so yeah. dumb. Well, Tom gets skewered. Um, and dies and dies and it's actually kind of horrible because this scene goes on for like also a long time it really of does. him just screaming <laughs> as he's being stabbed in the junk and blood's <laughs> just shooting everywhere and you're like okay it's probably de- nope still going it's still <laughs> going oh look Dee Dee's come to save him oh wait she's just screaming and staring it's still happening <laughs> yep um now she hit the doll with the riding she, crop she hits the doll with the riding crop uh, Tom, uh, yes, Tom, like, has a, so his death throws are, um, like, they're not hiccups, but they're weird kind of gasps. Yeah. Which he does for, like, two minutes. Mm. While she's trying to, like, she doesn't try to stop the bleed. I don't know. Um. Oh, my God. She does my favorite thing. Uh, my favorite bad horror movie thing that I've seen in a really long time, which is she she grabs her phone, which is an old clamshell flip phone, and and dials 911 and then just throws her phone away. She actually <laughs> just, just thro- n- nothing attacks her. She just throws it away after she dials 911. It's my favorite thing. Yes. And, and then when she as she does, I think later one of them gets a hold of the police, and they're just like, "Killer dolls are attacking us! You have to believe us." Um, <laughs> no, we're not crazy. It's killer. Doll. And then they just hang up. It's like, oh, okay. You could have said there's an intruder in the house. That would have also worked. Probably more effective than saying killer dolls are attacking us. But anyway, uh, yes. So Tom, we will check him off the list. Um, yep. Uh, Olivia's game here is to tease Rich. Um, uh, originally, with Terry's help, they just wanted to, like, I don't know. They just, <laughs> they wanted to get in the bathroom and pretend there's going to be a threesome, but then leave him high and dry, in Olivia's words. Yep. Um, that was their game plan. Uh, mm. And it, it just go, the, Terry's not having it. The whole thing goes off horribly. Rich just becomes despondent and decides to be a, a lush. Um, he eventually can, he's, he realizes um, he can't get any from anybody there at the party, so he's going to go sit in the kitchen and just like drink a bunch of uh, whiskey until he passes out and a bunch of beer and is told to mm. go fornicate with a melon. <laughs> a vampire melon? It could have been. Um, uh, he, someone drilled a hole into it. It was later. Weird. Later. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Stuff goes on. You're just like, okay, it's all off camera. So you're like, I don't take it. Whatever. Um, and it's, I think it's at that point where he's on. So the girls come down and try to rouse him to, so they can all leave the house. And he's just so out of it that he can't be like woken up. Hmm. But, like, a minute later, he wakes up. It's really funny. Like, they leave, <laughs> and he just gets up, and he's, like, uh, clearly he's drunk. Um, and then it's at this point where his character, like, is good for a few minutes. Like, they gave him a mm. decent enough personality 
the the yeah. the witch doctor doll, I guess, um, <laughs> shows up and spends about a minute just going ooh ooh, like it's not doing anything. It's just standing there <laughs> staring at him from like a foot away on the table, and um, he just he's he does this giant speech. Of like ad- admiring how like ripped the doll is. The doll's not not particularly ripped, but um, he's nope. he's drunk, so he's just like, "You're so you're just so ripped, man. You must work out. You go to the gym." He's like, "Are, mm. are you on the juice? That's the bad stuff. So don't go on the juice, man. The only good juice is this." And he's like, "Pointing to beer." Um, it's <laughs> it's a good little scene because he, this guy is. He's a jerk, but he's not like a horrible. Well, he's mostly probably not a horrible person. Mm. You know, he's just a douchebag. He's he's literally the least deserving of character development out of all of the characters in 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 the movie. So I just think, find it bizarre that he yeah, gets it's this r- real weird. <laughs> Because no one else gets it. Like, he gets the most deep of character. Like, he has other sides to him. Versus and, and, just, and, and, like, and he, ridiculous horny man. Yeah, but he's also, like, the 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 worst jerk to guy during oh, yeah. the... No, he's not, he's not a good person, but he's a good character. Yeah. Comparatively. He's a good character, for, yeah, for, for this film... Mm. But yeah, he doesn't. He, he apparently um, the the doll is upset that he he accused it of being on steroids, so it it plucks out his eye and cuts his throat with his spear, and he doesn't make yep. it. And it spends like a minute digging his eye out of his head. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's just like kind of weird. Um, there's really no no need to go scene by scene. So uh, everyone, uh, the girls all live. The boys all yeah, die. Yeah. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, except for if you're a girl, because apparently that makes it so you don't die. I don't. I don't know. They get attacked yeah. by the porcelain doll, who has uh, a, also good design. It, its whole head is basically a mouth. It, like the 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 lines, it has cracks past its lips that just turn into sharp porcelain teeth. Um, mm. It bites the crap out of Olivia. So yep. She, she lives, but she's going to have some scars. Um, she, Olivia gets it really bad. She gets it's bit like, in the face. She gets bit in the yep. hand. I think she got bit in the leg. I don't remember. Um, Terry gets her, mm. almost gets her Achilles um, tendon slashed. So she may be not walking or running anytime soon. She hobbles around a little bit. Uh, guy kind of he may, I guess, technically fare the worst. He does get possessed by the ghost of Sophia to yep. to comedic effect because it's just like it takes Sophia time to fully possess him. So it's just mm. like small blips of her like taking over his body and he'll just go, don't hurt my friends. You hurt my friends. Mm-hmm. We're here to mm. revenge. And you're like, okay. And, uh, uh, with, yeah. with his 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 uh, possession, dark circles around his eyes and cheeks. Yes, he just looks like sallow mm. and <laughs> sick. Um, but the the possession comes and goes. Like he'll retain control of himself. You you think? Um, <laughs> and they find the solution. Uh, randomly, Terry is versed in um, dispelling evil dolls, and the cure is to, of course, rebury them. That's all you gotta do. Just 
put him back where you found him. Which mm. is even funnier because the only one that guy dug up was the samurai doll. The other ones actually undug themselves. Um, yep. So, yeah, that bit of that nugget of knowledge is, I think, uh, erroneous. Um, but yes, they, uh, well, uh, Lester comes home from his, uh, his date. We don't know how that went, but he's home. Uh, and <laughs> in, in his full possession mode is uh, trying to, um, finish his pace. He's reusing his serial dialogue, um, toward guy who's possessed by serial Sato Sophia. And he's threatening to like beat guy Sophia with the belt and then redoing the, I'm just going to bury you. And it's all real weird. Uh, the dolls end up attacking Cyril, which was their intent in the first place. Their revenge being sated. They are just like kind of biting him a little bit, poking him some. Um, guy comes back to his own his mind for just a, enough time to call the dolls off because he, he, as possessed by Sophia, can kind of control the dolls, like just a little bit. Um, that's kind of it. They rebury the dolls. Uh, everyone's mostly alive, aside from Rich and Tom, who did not make it at all. Um, mm. The dolls get reburied. The curse ends. Everything's happy. Uh, guy skulks off into like around the corner garden. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. supposed to around the corner, <laughs> and then the camera follows, and Sophia's there. Yes, I'm like, he's, he's all right. Fully He's fully possessed and transformed into Sophia. And roll credits. We yep. get no. And then 10 minutes of credits. We get nothing. We get. There's no, like, that was the end. Like, okay. Yeah. It, it, no. I mean, the dolls are done, mm. but Sophia is now there. And. Yeah. I don't know. The end. The end. <laughs> I like the dolls. <laughs> I like that they were ghost possessed puppets um that had like no actual point for revenge like there's nothing that they're like particularly should be revenging they're just yeah doing yeah their thing like the girls didn't do anything to guy like not really uh, yeah and not really yeah terry Didi definitely was wasn't hurting sister. him yeah <laughs> well terry's getting like all just mm. getting attacked and she's like the whole time Guy is saying, oh, uh, everyone's a jerk except for Terry. She's the good one. And then then he's telling them the dolls. He's like, don't attack her. Don't attack her. She's fine. And then they, should, they keep attacking her. So it's, it's like, okay, there's no rules in this. All right. Yep. Well, it was fulfilling, if only for the doll designs. And uh, the... So Charles Ben wrote the story outline, whereas Dominic Muir mm. did the screenplay. I think the screenplay may be where this was falling apart because the, the the actual kernel of the story is fine. Yeah, because it it feels mm. much like Dolls. Like it's it's a short hour long little morality play because that's what it is. Is like don't don't yeah. do drugs, don't have premarital sex, and um, don't drink, uh, or mm. you'll be murdered by Dolls. <laughs> so it has that, it's a standard, like, sort of slasher formula. Mm. Um, they just dropped the ball um, for the entire, like, middle of the movie. 
because yeah. these are, yeah. these are the most like not teenager teenagers ever. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, um. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's 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 been a really long time since I've like actively watched a, a mediocre movie. Like mm. I can only do film extremes of like really good movies or just absolute trash that that someone tried to make. And mm. this is just like the this is like the equivalent of like being in a waiting room but for a film <laughs> for me i'm just like all right nothing's gonna get explained and everyone everything's going to be described as nebulously as humanly possible my favorite thing so this is a really weird pull but my absolute favorite thing about the movie is that whenever anyone goes out of the front door they open it as narrowly as humanly possible and slip <laughs> out in the most uncomfortable way just it feels like they're trapped in an alternate dimension that is only mm. in this house except for the exterior of the backyard <laughs> It's bad. I, yeah. I the, the doll designs were fine. I, the, I I was I was very I was this was the first time I was angered for the show. <laughs> and it won't be the last. Uh, it will not. We've now set a precedent of oh no, the movies will be bad sometimes. <laughs> oh no, we we've, we've we've done that from the beginning. Um I intentionally suffered through Howling 3. That was bad. <laughs> That's true. That was bad. But I can't say that it was... Th this was another level of, like, not good. Which also was a little bit more disappointing because I, I really like generally what Charles Band does with the doll stuff. He has a good uh, track record. Uh, we will have, I guess, just this one stumbling point, and it's the one he directed, so that actually makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This ain't no puppet master. It was not his. His strengths, I think, rely in the production side of things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the production side of this thing also wasn't good either. No, it wasn't. This felt actually like so. This must have been like maybe it was for a paycheck or something because the the budget for this is like nil. Yeah. Mm. Like there was more budget in dolls. There, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Dolls then was again, a significantly more expensive it, movie than this. It was, but this is the era of Charles Band that brought us um the wonders such as Evil Bong. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah. Uh beautiful. Yeah, the the early aughts just kind of was a thing. Y yes. It was it was the the growing pains of a new era, and mm. it ve was very painful. Well, that's that's the doll graveyard. That's the doll graveyard. It sounds wonderfully horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I might try and watch it. But I don't think I'll try that anytime soon. Um, <laughs> it's only thirty minutes of your time if you watch it yeah. with speediness. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I could just speed right through. We're actually we will just recommend you go watch Dolls instead because it's the superior yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, all right. Well, we'll move on to my film for the evening. Um, I watched The Doll, uh, bracket 2016, close bracket, not to be mistaken for The Doll, bracket 2015, close bracket, uh, which is the one with the most readily available information about it on and so I'm having a great time jogging my memory here. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is an Indonesian horror film, which is pretty cool, uh, produced for Netflix, on Netflix. Uh, and honestly, it's pretty decent. Uh, it's directed by Rocky Soraya, and it tells the tale of a couple moving into a new house and having encounters with a very cursed doll. Um, yeah, so... Where would I put my little summary? There. There. There it is. Um, yeah, so we have our two, uh, sort of our two protagonists, quote-unquote. We have Daniel and Anya, uh, and Daniel is husband and is the wife. Um, and essentially, they've been struggling for a bit. They've been renting, but Daniel comes in one day. is like, cool, I just got a promotion so we can afford to move into a really nice place closer to where I work, and you'll have a room for all your dolls. Because um, Anya, Anya's hobby slash profession is cr- not collecting dolls, but creating dolls. Um, and this is obviously the uh, the impetus for the doll being allowed to stick around for any amount of time in the movie. Um, but why is this doll cursed? Well, um, God, I feel like I'm all over the place. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we uh, we start off with um, before all that actually rewind. Um, <clears throat> movie starts off with a uh, a little boy having to jump out the car and go to the bathroom on the side of the road. Uh, perfectly normal thing. And while he's peeing up against a tree, he looks up and there is one of the most cursed dolls in existence staring down at him from the branches of the tree. <laughs> Um, he's understandably upset by this, um, but doesn't pay it too much mind. It's just a doll. He's a pragmatic little boy. Um, and, you know, heads home with his two sisters. Their parents are out on business. Uh, and later that night, the doorbell is rung and the doll is there sitting on the, uh, on the doorsteps. Uh, and the younger of the two sisters, um, has been hinting heavily to her boyfriend that she wants a doll, and despite its terribly filthy and cursed <laughs> appearance, she is in love with it and immediately brings it inside and puts it on her bed. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. Um, and, you know, calls him up. He's like, oh, I got the doll. Don't play hard to get it, et cetera, et cetera. I know you got it. It's like, gets to the point of, I obviously didn't bring you that doll. That sounds like a terrible cursed doll. <laughs> Uh, at which point the doll has disappeared, uh, and it has left a, th- a threatening note on a piece of paper um, at the front Yay. door. Um, yeah, it, this doll likes to leave notes saying, come play hide and seek with me if you can find me, dot, dot, dot. Um, and the two sisters sort of blame the younger brother for this for a couple of days as the doll disappears and reappears. They they find it. It's obviously cursed. They throw it in the trash. The next day, it turns up on the living room table. That kind of thing. 
uh, and they just can't get rid of it until one day it's clearly done with them not actually playing hide-and-seek with it uh, and mauls the younger brother's leg, <laughs> at which point they get in basically... Oi, oi. Sorry, my cat My cat is co-hosting and she's randomly attacking me because she hates me. Love you, baby. Oh. Um, yes, uh, <clears throat> they get a pair of sort of exorcists or spiritualists in, uh, and then we get the uh, we get the title. We get over to Daniel and Anya, um, and things are pretty great. Uh, Daniel works in construction. Anya, as I said, is sort of a doll maker, and they move into a weirdly like I would I would imagine American suburbia style house, as in they're on the street where all the houses look exactly the same and are all like right next to each other, <laughs> and. Uh, it feels very different to the Indonesia I have known and learned about, but I guess there's places like that everywhere, and I guess it could be what is considered a fancy sort of upscale place to move into if you suddenly get a big promotion and pay rise. Um, yeah, and it, it's, a, it's a lovely house. Settling in, they meet the neighbors. Um, they, they start having this sort of ideal suburban life. Um, and then Daniel has to go to work because there's an issue, and as the new supervisor, he has to take care of it. And the issue is they're clearing an area for a um for a big shopping mall and the workers refuse to cut down one tree and it's the tree with the c- terrible cursed awful doll in it <laughs> um and they explained that that the uh that the reason they refuse to cut down the tree with a terrible cursed awful doll in it is because uh, a while back, an indeterminate amount of time ago, uh, on my first watching, it sounded like, you know, many years ago, but by the end of the film, we find out it was more like two or three months ago. Um, <laughs> this, this entire family was killed in an armed robbery and this tree was the little girl of the families. It was her favorite tree. She always sat under it with her doll. And so when they were killed in this terrible, terrible accidental armed robbery, something, whatever, you know, they never figured it out. It was a mystery. They found one dead robber. They don't know if that was the end of it. Um, they, they put the doll up in the tree to help her spirit be at peace. And ever since then, anyone who messes with the tree gets haunted terribly by the doll. And they're like, you know, just a few weeks ago, this young boy got mauled because he peed on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a known thing in the community that this doll is terrible and cursed and Daniel Daniel's at an impasse because he needs to do a good job and if his boss has to come out here that's a problem so clearly just orders the men to cut down the tree anyway after a lot of grousing they get over they get around to it and you know he's satisfied he's doing his job as supervisor he comes home at the end of the day and sort of unloads all the stuff, gets in the car, uh, gets out of the car, gets in the house, and his wife is helping him unload uh, various bits and bobs. And there in the back of the car, the terrible, filthy, cursed doll. It's awful. Um, and, you know, he's a little confused about why it ended up in his car, but he doesn't really mind too much. He probably thinks he probably just picked it up and put it in there without realizing. Um, and so as it's a doll, the wife takes it and she cares for it and she cleans it up, uh, much like in doll graveyard, but she, um, does a realistic cleaning job as in she <laughs> takes this terrible, filthy, cursed doll and makes it into a terrible cursed doll. That's still a little bit filthy, but it's not like caked in filth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only mostly <laughs> filthy. It, it's only mostly filthy, mostly like around the eyes. Uh, so this doll has Mar- this... Marginally filthy cursed doll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, only so on eBay. Treat. Yeah, it goes a treat on eBay. Um, yeah, like, it, it is... It is an awful doll. It is my least favorite style of doll that has, like, the big, fat cheeks and the big, fat limbs, and it's got, like, the little dress and the, the very fake blonde wig hair. And then the eyes are just these empty pits of darkness with, like, cracks radiating out from them, and that's mostly, like, where the filth cannot be removed from. The rest of the doll cleans up kind of all right, kind of, sort of. It's still obviously a very old and shitty doll. Um, but she loves it. Anya loves it, and she gives it pride of place in the middle of her big display case with all the other dolls in it. Uh, and, you know, they, they get to rest uh, for the night, and shit starts getting really creepy uh quite fast um there's some creepy noises in the house there's some you know doors opening and closing uh their neighbor told them they had to bless the house when they moved in so the bad spirits wouldn't settle there and they didn't do that because they're not a superstitious couple <laughs> and now they're paying the price um and essentially the the hauntings with this doll escalate severely over time uh, to the point where, uh, it essentially starts marking up the whole house. You know, it, it also leaves threatening letters here. You know, come find me, come play with me. Um, which are initially attributed to the neighbor's daughter, who is a young girl who loves to play hide and seek. Uh, and this, this bit was actually kind of really creepy. I loved this. Uh, the, the neighbor's daughter loves to, loves to signal to adults that she's ready to play hide and seek by hiding somewhere in a room. And then as the adult is about to leave the room, she sticks her arm out and waves a bell and then quickly hides again to try and sort of, like, coax them into searching the room for her, I guess. <laughs> um, that's not spooky. It's that, not spooky at all. That's effective. Mm. <laughs> it's super effective. Um, and, you know, this this young girl, sort of, she, she gets to become a regular visitor at the house. She hangs out with Anya because Anya's home all the time making dolls and you know, dealing with all the house stuff because uh, traditional uh, gender stereotypes in the in the running of a house. Um, and you know, life life's good apart from the occasional weird smell. Uh, there's a lot of accusations of farting, uh, the occasional weird noise, waking up, you know, in the middle of the night to find a cat on the balcony or something like that. But it somehow managed to open and close five doors throughout the house. Isn't that strange? Um, <laughs> No, not if you yeah. own cats. <laughs> no, not if you own cats, exactly. Um yeah, um and yes, we eventually get to the 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 semi-threatening invitation to play from the doll. Um and at one point it it covers their entire bathroom in graffiti. Um like it goes missing. They search the house for it. They find it in the bathroom like surrounded by scented candles and it's just scrolled all over all paint that there's no explanation where I got this red paint from, you know, found me, bastard, all these various words all over the place. Um, and the, uh, it, things start coming to a head at this point. Um, the, li- the little girl from across the road goes missing and, you know, uh, Daniel's out at work. Anya has been asked to help look for her. So like, you know, she sometimes around my house, go look for her and she hears the bell in her house. It's like, okay, cool. The kid's here. And she follows the sound of the bell and the sound of the kid running around all 
way out to uh like sort of the back of the garage the the house is laid out in a really weird fashion um and you know she hears the bell ring and then her phone starts going off and so she's like yeah just a second turns around uh checks her text messages oh we just found her 10 minutes ago she was hiding under her bed ah (laughs) um that's not good it's not good uh and you turn around and there's the it's a little bit like Samara from the ring, but if she was a nine-year-old missing an eye due to an awful gunshot wound, um, <laughs> it, it's that style of imagery. You know, she's in the, the, the nightgown style dress. She's all bedraggled and raggledy and filthy. Um, and she attacks. Uh, uh, and it is, it is like entirely like a mental attack for the most part. Like uh, when other people rush in and find her, she's like just rolling around on the floor. Clutching at her, clutching at her own face and everything, um, but the ghost, the ghost has already been proven to be able to do physical harm, and it will only do more physical harm from here. Um, the doll, of course, is in the back closet in this room. It's moved here. It's sort of summoning the spirit of its long dead owner to wreak vengeance on them for on Daniel for ordering down, ordering the cutting down of the tree, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and the neighbor who's a bit into the spiritual stuff, uh, has had enough of this. She grabs Anya, they grab the doll, they grab the local priest, and they go and bury the doll out by the stump of the tree, do their very best to bless it, etc., etc. It's over, it's all done. What's that? There's 55 minutes of the movie left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, extremely not done obviously uh and things proceed to get worse and worse from there uh there's several more doll attacks um essentially it is just amping it up every time there's an encounter with the doll with the spirit of the little girl it gets more and more severe really amping up the fear level uh until it gets to the point where anya's neighbor tells her to call an exorcist uh because the priest can't help anymore and the priest says he but he knows this guy knows this uh knows this exorcist and it is the exorcist from the beginning of the film, except at the beginning of the film, it was a husband-wife couple, and now the husband is mysteriously absent. <laughs> um, it turns out, um, you know, the, the exorcist, she does some investigating, and then they show her the doll. She's like, ah, oh, that's the doll that killed my husband that fateful night. And I'm like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> Um, tying tying people in real deep. Uh, so yeah, this this is this is a terrible, evil, filthy, cursed doll that widowed a professional exorcist, <laughs> um, <laughs> because she didn't concentrate hard enough while trying to bind it ritually. So like, um, discussed like a few ways to go around dealing with the cursed doll. Like, did you try appeasing the spirit and laying it back to rest? And I went, yes, that didn't work. I was like, cool. Well, it's actively trying to harm everyone, so we have no choice but to trap the trap the soul of the little girl directly within the doll instead of having it like just around the doll and then we can lock the doll up somewhere and it'll never be a problem again because doing that'll turn it into an actual inanimate object as opposed to a horrible cursed object uh and but the ex seems to know her stuff she's got a house like these bound objects like her her professional workspace is just a little um a little warehouse 13 style set of aisles of shelves all with dolls and books and weird toys <laughs> and stuff all presumably terribly filthily cursed um <laughs> and you know it seems like she knows what she's doing so they get to work on it uh and 
it seems that the the primary objective of all this terror is uh, if you are afraid enough, it's easier for you to be possessed, and the doll is working towards possessing Anya, but it doesn't want to kill Anya, it wants to kill Daniel, presumably, Billy, because he's the one who made people cut down its tree. <laughs> um, so, you know, the advice of don't be scared, the more scared you get, the more likely you are to be possessed and then murder-suicide yourself and your husband is a great way to calm someone down. Uh, so it's all going swimmingly. And, uh, you know, they, they feel they've got a grasp on it. They feel things are going all right. Uh, but it turns out this spirit is incredibly cunning and has instead possessed the neighbor in an attempt to really force people's hands and ends up essentially forces the neighbor to crawl out onto her top balcony, crawl along the side of her building on the second floor, tie a noose, put the noose around her neck, and then cut her throat and jump off, thereby decapitating herself in the middle of, like, the neighborhood street. <laughs> it is, uh... It went, like... Like, like the film has been amping up tension-wise <laughs> at this point, but it went from zero to 100 in terms of, like, severe body gore <laughs> immediately. That's, like the way that's very intense and elaborate, and I wasn't yeah. expecting that. <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, because, um, like, up to this point, I was like, yeah, the ghost attacked you, and you've got, like, some scratches on you, or something like that. It was like, the ghost attacked you, and you pulled your own head off by jumping off a building. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. It was, like, actually really effectively shocking, I think, and you really didn't expect it to be that bad, but it was that bad, and from this point, the movie knows it can go full hog with all of this. Um, yeah, and uh, things get worse and the spirit tricks the exorcist into returning to her home uh, by essentially while the doll is doing its evil stuff around the house and the exorcist setting up the ritual to bind the soul to the doll because the soul and the doll are two separate cursed entities. Right. Um, the, the little girl's spirit has gone to the exorcist's house and is having a tea party with her daughter. Uh, like the daughter's locked herself in a room to have tea with a new friend and the, uh, the, the, the maid at the house is obviously concerned because the little girl's talking in her room, but the door is locked. So she calls the exorcist who says, Oh God, priests keep the ritual going. Make sure no one gets hurt. I've got to go save my child from this terrible evil ghost. Um, and she runs back home, gets an ax off her maid and literally cuts down the door to her daughter's bedroom. It's like, uh, and it's just the TV is off. Nothing else. It's like, what were you doing? He's like, oh, my friend Uchi, uh, which is the name of the dead little girl, asked me to turn the television on like 40 minutes ago, and then she left. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we've been had. It's all awful. It's all over. Um, and uh, Anya gets possessed, begins, you know, stabbing the absolute living hell out of Daniel's pair of sewing uh, which not an effective weapon, but that's, I guess, is what Uchi wants. She wants to torture him to death slowly with, cause he gets stabbed like 15 or 20 times over the next t 10 minutes of this film. It's really messed up, actually. <laughs> like, you know, you, you know, we start in the doll room where she was possessed and the possession itself, super awful, by the way, uh, the, spirit gets on top of you and vomits blood into your mouth to sort of transfer herself into your body and control you. It's very creepy. Um, 
and yeah, they're they're like running all over the place. They are um, crawling around in the rafters of the attic. Like he he escaped up there, and he's like wandering, like crawling around on his hands and knees because got all these terrible, awful bleeding wounds. And we get great things where he crawls past a ductway, and suddenly Anya's in there with like a pair of scissors and just like nails him in the Achilles tendon with it. I was like, oh, oh god, yeah, it's not great. Um, uh, but Welcome uh, the to our doll museum. Um, yeah. You're likely to be stabbed multiple times. On the yeah. Yeah. It's, it's truly an awful, evil, terrible, filthy spirit. Um, cursed as well. Throw cursed in there. Why not? Um, <laughs> building the adjectives for this case. Um, and the excess races back and manages to sort of temporarily contain the possession, basically. Or like drive drive Uchi's spirit out of Anya uh, to stop her from being possessed for now, uh, and like this this has been some really intense stuff. And the exorcist like I don't think you telling someone to cut down a tree is enough for this for the for a ghost to go this far, especially the ghost of a nine year old girl, <laughs> like who is presumably still a nine year old girl on some level. Um, and the awful, terrible truth comes out. Daniel did get a promotion. He didn't get a pay rise. And so three months ago, he did an armed robbery with his friend. Yes. And his friend shot and killed the uh, father, mother, and daughter of that family. And he was the only one to make it away with all the money from their safe. And he's been using that money to pay the mortgage on their new house. Actually. And that is why uh, Uchi, the little girl, wants him dead because he effectively murdered her. And I can't blame her for that as a motivation as an awful, terrible spirit. Um, and, you know, she won't stop until he's dead. But, you know, maybe they can escape. Maybe they can get out. Um, and so they're running. They get out. Uh, the exorcist and uh, Anya get out of the house and... You know, uh, he's almost there. Daniel's almost there. The door slams shut and locks itself just as he's about to get out. Um, and he is stuck in the house. And it's a really nice house. There is an area where there's a stairwell and it has, like, floor to second story ceiling glass windows. So, like, a two-story window. Uh, and he's sort of desperately looking for a way out around there, and the other two are watching him from the outside, and blood just starts dripping down uh, the interior of this window and sort of, like, slowly filling the bottom floor of the house almost. Uh, and this is enough to finally fully freak him out and let him, him be possessed. Like, things have gotten to the point where Daniel is super awfully terrified. He knows he's done wrong. He knows the ghost won't accept, because he offered to turn himself in in and everything and the ghost has clearly rejected that potential justice in favor of straight up murder uh, and he is now possessed and the ghost walks him up the stairway to the second floor balcony on the like interior of the house and throws him makes him throw himself off it sort of like just jump straight off it and he hits the ground hard and he snaps his leg and he's still possessed and he gets up and he walks up the stairs again, slower this time, obviously, with the broken leg. And this time the ghost makes sure it does the job properly and makes sure he jumps headfirst. Um, and that that is, like, essentially the, the end of the movie. Is like uh, they, manage to, they manage to, after that point, sort of contain and banish 
Uchi, but I feel it might be more to do with, um, you know, her vengeance was fulfilled rather than <laughs> rather than any uh, any extra effort on the part of the ex Nanya to really contain this terrible evil. Um, yeah, it was it was a fairly formulaic film. Like it was, there was nothing plot wise that was a massive surprise. Um, like maybe the whole. Uh, you know, our our main male character was secretly part of the awful murder of this child. Was it a bit of a surprise? Was like he clearly done something beyond just slightly angering the ghost for it to go this far. But <laughs> it had it had some really good tension. It had some really really great horror scenes with the bell, the ringing of the bell, and everything. And then right at the end, it went went for broke, amped the gore and physical horror up as high about as high as they could go i would say because wow it was messed up um the only area it falls down is in the cg in a couple of spots uh at one point the ghost summons a swarm of bats to distract the priests who are trying to keep the ritual going and it looks like a bunch of jpegs of bats have been cut out from like a 240p image and just kind of slapped onto the screen and lazily animated to sort of flock around like Jumanji, the original film, had better bat CGI than this movie did. And that's, <laughs> ooh, that's an old film. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super great. Overall, I would say I really quite enjoyed it. Um, it's just, it's just a good standard doll horror film, which I've not watched a lot of previously, to be fair. Uh, and on a personal note, it's been probably about three years since I practiced any Indonesian. So I had a good time readjusting to a language I thought I couldn't speak anymore. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I would I would recommend it. Um, yeah, like like I said, fairly standard but good. Uh, there we go. Um, I would say that's uh, more or less us evening at that point. Would be yes. yes. There are um, there are two sequels to this film. One's a mm. spinoff, one's a direct sequel, and then there is a third uh, f- actual sequel um, in production now. Oh. So there's The wow. Doll 2, uh, Sabrina, mm. which is the spinoff, and then The Doll 3 yeah. is uh, coming sometime yeah. this year. Oh, excellent. Well, I'll have to look into them, see if they <laughs> manage to keep... <laughs> if, they, if they can keep the level of well, actually interesting story, I'll be happy. If they just do this film again two or three more times. Uh, probably wear a bit thin, but yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. It's the same director. Um, yeah, and yeah. The, the the Indonesian horror films have been ramping up um, recently mm. pretty well. Uh, and uh, what's nice is a lot of these are in fact available on Netflix um, internationally, mm. which is which is yes. always good. It's a saving grace for me because you had recommended some other doll films. The best version I found of one was the Italian dub in 240p on the back end yep. of YouTube. Uh, there's just some stuff that Australia is never going to get, it seems, <laughs> one day. Um, but yeah, so that was us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us discuss one interesting doll film and one standard but good doll film. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you've enjoyed, of course, our Slev. Uh, Slavic folkloric creatures, as always. Um, and yes, that's the end of the episode. Uh, David, 
where may people find you online? You can find me on Twitter pretty much exclusively at sentinot underscore plus. It will be in the notes, mm-hmm. as always. Excellent. And Leonard, yourself? Yes. Um, just just one note before, before mm-hmm. my little bit of house cleaning. I desperately wish for a killer doll movie where the killer doll doesn't look like the like the most evil thing on the planet. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I desperately wanted to talk and pontificate about its, its non-magic-related evil plan. I want, <laughs> I want a mechanically inclined, totally normal-looking mm. killer doll that likes yeah. to chat. That's yeah, just, that's what I want. Just a Barbie doll that wants to take over. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Barbie pulls out a ton. So, so here's the thing that we didn't mention about Doll Graveyard that I just wanted mm. to get out there, which is is that the German soldier doll has a tiny little Luger, and it's my favorite oh. thing in the world. Yeah, it's it's the one time where it was utterly ineffective because it fired yep. that it fired that like. I don't know, 10 times, hit hit nothing. No one. Or or nothing shot out of it, and it's just little puffs of smoke, mm. which is even yeah. better. That, that makes a, a stock gunfire sound. But yes, I, I I want I want an evil doll with a tiny doll gun to pontificate about its evil plans. That's that's what I want. Yes. Um, it needs and to be we'll, the, the Bond villain of angry dolls. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Um, and and for more nonsense in, uh, thoughts like that, you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Faust is dead. You can also find me on YouTube, where my thoughts are li- a little less nonsense and uh, uh, mm. a little more uh, engaging and insightful. So come to Twitter if you want dumb nonsense, and uh, go to YouTube if you wanna well-realized argument. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, as for myself, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come join me as I talk about our hypocrite of a prime minister and good lord, I'm glad I bought a normal amount of toilet paper two days before that became a thing. Um, yeah. Oh, before the Death Stranding happened? Because yeah. this is just the Death Stranding? Oh, like this is this is just virally <laughs> induced death stranding. We're all preppers now. Kojima at it again. Um, Jesus. It really is. <laughs> Time to retreat into the underground city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope all of our listeners, incidentally, are saying happy, healthy, and horrible. Uh until yes, next episode. Yes, please. Well, stay stay longer than next episode, stay all. <laughs> Uh, but until next episode, this has been Monster Dear Monster. We are your lovely hosts. Good night. Yes. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. And we hope you enjoyed our anniversary episode. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what this was. <laughs> da, 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 da. Plot twist. Quality. Yeah. Quality. <laughs> Catch you next time. Uh, bye, everyone. Goodbye.